Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology. But the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone who I've not yet met in person, but is a fellow NET alum and also a Catholic podcaster. The, she's the host of Dead Friend Saints. It's Claire Ellenson. Hi, Claire. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on, Julia. Thank you for being here. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So like Julia said, my name's Claire Ellenson. Um, I was born and raised in Minnesota um, and have always had a great love for the saints. Um, and I guess through my experience of NET, um, grew in a love of scripture and um, have, yeah, just been, had the opportunity to incorporate it into daily prayer and was just so honored, Julia, that you reached out to me to talk about this, this Bible verse today. It's going to be great. Yeah, I know. We have, a, I, when I started podcasting and we were talking about this a little bit before we hit record, like I was overwhelmed by just the support of the like Catholic podcasting community. I guess mm-hmm. that there even one existed. Like, first of all, I, yeah. I was kind of ignorant to that. And then like people immediately started reaching out to me once I started the podcast. And um, I think you've had a similar experience too. It's just, it's so cool to reach out and uh, connect with other Catholic podcasters. Totally. Yeah. I think that there is a lot of beauty as well. Like getting to talk to you and then also getting to check out your podcast a little bit over the past, mm-hmm. you know, couple of weeks. Um, there is such like a beautiful benefit in having a podcast that is able to be conversational and human mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to digest scripture um, through someone else's experiences and their kind of take and interpretation on things is so cool. Like how many times have you been in a Bible study or something and you read it and you're like, oh, that was good, but I didn't really get much out of it. (laughs) And then someone else shares and you're like, oh my gosh, my eyes are open and my mind is blown. Like this is crazy. It's so cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's, I mean, you and I have been in, I'm sure, many Bible studies in our lives um, Mm -hmm. and done Lexio Divina. And it's, yeah, it's totally that concept that every time we open up scripture, it does something different to us based on like where we're at in our lives and, and then talking to somebody about it. Like the premise of this is kind of based off of the road to Emmaus. That's like the seven mile reference. And so oh, that the two people were like having this conversation and then Christ appeared, you know, based on their conversation. So that's definitely like the goal. And I love your, the concept of your podcast, too. We were talking earlier about um, and at the end, I'll give my guests a chance to plug so you can tell us a little bit more about uh, your podcast. But the concept of taking a saint, do you take a saint each each mm-hmm. week and talk about them? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where um, I was finding so much really great um, media and content um, detailing the lives of the saints. And I found that most of them were pretty like academic. um, And I wasn't finding one that was just like conversational, relaxed. And I knew that I really loved having conversations um, with my friends where they just described their favorite saint or their patron, like off the top of their heads, you know, like Mm -hmm. really relaxed, just talking about them. Like they were speaking about a friend. Um, Mm. So someone has said about my podcast before that it's like, if there was, (laughs) if there was a gossip podcast about the saints, obviously it's all (laughs) positive, like the message, but uh, the tone is very, is very like, uh, human, you know, because because mm-hmm. to remember that the saints were human beings who 
are in heaven now um, by the grace of God is an important thing to, you know, remember and reflect on. It's that they, they weren't perfect in their life, but were mm-hmm. um, transformed by grace. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, there's it's it's so cool to make them tangible because I think growing up Catholic, I'm I've gone to Catholic school my whole life and now I teach in a Catholic mm-hmm. school and we put these saints on pedestals for good reason. You see them yeah. in churches. But I think making them tangible for us is is important. You know, that's how we really are able to have them draw us closer to Christ, like if we can connect with them in that way. So I think it's exactly. cool what you're doing, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Two two peas in a pod, our podcast. <laughs> I think so. Yes, absolutely. We've got net background and making making the word tangible. I love it. So mm-hmm. we're going to um, look at Mark chapter 8, verses 14 through 21. I'm going to have you read that, and then I'm going to give us a little context. Yeah, sounds good. They had forgotten to bring bread. This is the apostles that they're talking about, by the way. They had <laughs> forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. He enjoined them, watch out, guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They concluded amongst themselves that it was because they had no bread. Then he became aware of this and said to them, why do you conclude that it is because you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or comprehend? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and not see? ears and not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves and the 5,000 for the 5,000? How many wicker baskets full of fragments you picked up? They answered him, 12. When I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many full baskets of fragments did you pick up? They answered him, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? So anytime someone picks a passage, you know, obviously I go and see, okay, which one is it? Some some I'm like, I know off the top of my head. It's like, oh, this is John, you know, 316. Mm-hmm. I know what that is, whatever. But yours, I was like, okay, Mark 8, what, is, uh, you know, yeah. it wasn't something that like automatically stood out to me. So in chapter eight of Mark's gospel, it does start with the feeding of the 4,000, which is referenced mm-hmm. here. And then right after that, the Pharisees are kind of demanding a sign from Jesus And so I think knowing those two things do give Mm -hmm. some good context for where we're at right here is that the apostles have witnessed those miracles. Jesus has always already kind of been bugged by the Pharisees about explaining and giving signs. Mm -hmm. And now he's got his apostles still not kind of putting everything together. And it's kind of ambiguous, I think, for us, too. So I'm glad that we're able to talk about this. Mark's gospel is very straightforward and to the point. And so Jesus moves kind of quickly from one thing to another throughout Mm -hmm. it. And so it it is kind of cool to see like, okay, he did this, he did this miracle, then they were questioning him. And now we're, you know, we're talking about both of those events kind of in one thing, but but also Jesus breaking it down for us a little bit more. So that's kind of where we're at. I always look at footnotes too. And um, the footnote for this took me to a part of uh, St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, which was interesting. And the passage says something like the Corinthians references about like that a little yeast can go a long way and that we should Mm -hmm. clear out old yeast, kind of like clearing out our old ways. I don't know. We can try to go see how that connects to this too, if we want, but that's just throwing that out there. My first question for my guests is just, why did you pick this passage, Claire? Um, So it was a, verse that um, I first reflected on a year ago. It was a daily reading 
Um, it was like a daily gospel. Um, and I just kind of made it a part of my prayer life um, over the past few years to just reflect on the daily gospel, part of my morning prayer. And when this came up, um, it was at a point when I was really grappling with scrupulosity. Um, I tend to be mm. a pretty scrupulous person. And mm -hmm. um, that just means like nitpicking over myself and determining mm -hmm. for myself um, what kind of offenses are forgivable by Christ and not asking him or letting him into that process <laughs> nearly as much as I should or, you know, sometimes even at all. So um, I was in a place of feeling just very much, yeah, kind of putting Jesus and his mercy into a box and not handing my life over to him completely. And when I read this Bible verse, it was so easy for me to place myself in the position of the apostles because in the beginning, Jesus makes, he kind of warns them, um, watch out and guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they're like, okay, that's a confusing statement. And so they're just kind of like talking amongst themselves. And they're like, do you think Jesus is upset that we forgot food again? <laughs> like this is not <laughs> the first time they've forgotten to pack a lunch. And Jesus comes back and says, I'm just not worried about that. Don't you remember who I am? Um, mm. And it was one of those Bible verses that really stuck with me for that reason. And um, it was also recently a gospel again. It came back up in the readings again, which was kind of interesting. I didn't understand that. But it it served as a really important reminder to me in that moment and was why it kind of immediately leapt to my mind again is because that message of I I think I know I, I can, you know, condemn myself or navigate my um, worthiness of God's mercy. I often try to do it on my own. I think I can do it on my own. Um, and Jesus just consistently comes to me and says, don't you remember who I am? Like, mm. don't you remember the miracles I performed for you in the recent past? Um, don't you remember the ways that I've already liberated you and worked in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't you, don't you see, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I also love that he's kind of sassy in this Bible verse. Oh Yeah. Mark is known for yeah. like I, I when I teach this gospel, I call it sassy Jesus that like Mark is definitely like notorious like Jesus is super because he's because he's moving really quickly like Mark is just Mark's the first gospel written so he's just trying to like get stuff down. Yeah. Um, and also I think Mark got his information from Peter and Peter and Jesus had this kind of like you know, get behind me, Satan kind of relationship. Yeah. So I think that that's also why Jesus is a little sassy in Mark's gospel. <laughs> I love it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you, cause you know, I said at first I was kind of like, what, why did she pick this passage? You know, it's just like kind of not uh -huh. one that I, like, it's not a go-to for me. So it's beautiful mm -hmm. to hear why it's a, a go-to for you and to have you break it down. I'm such an academic. So I'm always like looking at the footnotes. How does this connect to the first Corinthians? And then like, even the um the numbers in scripture always stand out to me right because oh, wow, numbers yeah. are meant to be symbolic so 12 is always like a kind of you know 12 tribes of judah 12 apostles um mm -hmm. 12 judges like these kind of governing bodies like in revelations too there's like mul multiples of 12 with like the elders and the saints and so it's like this kind of kind of authoritative number and then seven is always like a covenant number or a promise number. So I'm like academically yeah. being like, okay, what is, let me analyze this. But I love <laughs> that you're just like, you know, the apostles aren't getting it. They're taking it literally. I'm yeah. trying to take this very academically. And you're like, you and Jesus are like, no, no guys, like you're missing. <laughs> you're missing. It's about the miracles. It's about, it's about none of that. So thank you for 
um, sharing your spiritual reflection. I don't know if you yeah, want to respond totally. to any of that, but yeah, that's so beautiful. Again, like that's the benefit of having these conversations about scripture, right? Is that mm-hmm. just such different things stand out. And um, in in this verse, it was totally one of those things where it was a way that Jesus was able to speak directly to me. Um, of course, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what we that's what the living word is. You know, it's like, it's, it's Christ and his love story and communicating to us. The Bible is for each of us, um, specifically, um, as well as, as a group of humans. And this was a moment that was like, so it just was so clear. It was like, it just felt like I was looking him straight in the eye (laughs) when I, when Mm -hmm. I read this Bible verse and, and reflected on it, um, that year ago. And, even still, you know, so yeah, that's so beautiful. I love hearing what you talk about as well and your expertise of um, being able to talk about your, you know, academic mind and how you digest these things too. It's so exciting. Well, that's kind of, I mean, I, I geek out about stuff like that. I am very analytical, but it does trip me up sometimes because I'm looking at this and I'm trying to find the clues, right? I'm trying to find oh, the yeah. connections and, you know, scripture, as you've mentioned, and as you shared, like, it's supposed to be speaking, you know, to us, it's living. It's like, what does this say to us right now? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm always looking at like, a contextual kind of, um, but right. That's why we have these conversations because we bring that all together. So yeah. is there any particular line that like really stood out to you from this that speaks to you? Yeah. The part that really stands out to me um, every time, I think, I don't know if it's as much a line as it is just envisioning it. But if I had to break it down to a line, it would be when Jesus said, why do you conclude that it is because you have no bread? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. how is it that you came to that conclusion that that's what I was speaking about? Let's retrace our steps here. Um, Mm -hmm. Because in this moment, the apostles are making an assumption on what Jesus, not only what Jesus is talking about, but how Jesus is judging them. You know, they're like, oh, this must be because of some fault of mine, or this must be because of um, the fact that we overlooked this piece, which is obviously important. And before he kind of gets into explains them or kind of like telling them like, no, you know, kind of rebuffing that belief, he asks them why, like, why, why is it that you think that? And yeah, it's just so powerful to me. It really is. I mean, thinking about that, that line, like, why do you conclude that it's because you have no bread. I mean, you can, yeah, it just, it does mean a lot. I, I can't even put it, but I like, I liked how you were explaining it before about what miracles has he done in my life? Like, has mm-hmm. he not proven himself so many times before in the gospels, in the scriptures, you know, especially certainly as the apostles, like eyewitnesses, but then also for me in my own life. And so then why do you, why do I conclude that I still mm-hmm. don't have enough? Why do I conclude that I, I still need this, that, or the other, like, has yeah. he not? And, and, and that it may not happen in the future. Like, why do I conclude that it's, you know, I'm never going to have this. Like, you know, have I not trusted him or seen all the other things that he's done? So I do that. I think that line is really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because when I come to a confounding moment in my faith um, where I am reluctant to let Jesus into some brokenness or entrust some situation to him, it's like he's just asking, like, why this? Why is this the mm -hmm. thing you're holding back from me? Remember the things I've done for you before. Um, remember like the ways that you have like grown and worked in unity with me um, mm-hmm. and like be conscious of this, not just, you know, like 
nope, Jesus, this is just for me. I'm just going to manage this all on my own. <laughs> I just, I'm still kind of stuck on like what he originally is trying to say. So I think he ends up saying like what we were just talking about, but originally mm-hmm. he was like saying, watch out, guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Like that was his initial like message to them. And then they definitely missed it, you know? Uh-huh. So I yeah. don't know. What do you think? What do you think he is trying to say initially? And then he has to kind of teach them a whole other lesson. Yeah. So kind of putting it into context of the recent interactions that he had with the Pharisees and with Mm -hmm. um, other people who were actively questioning his motives, his divinity, his messages, his everything and um, demanding miracles from him and things like that. I think a big part of it is just the difference in attitude of he's imploring them to trust him to perform miracles and how that's so different than what the Pharisees were doing in just a few, you know, like literally less Mm -hmm. than a chapter earlier um, where they were demanding miracles from him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was warning them um, in in kind of in in my interpretation of it um, against a mentality of seeing God as a divine vending machine. um, Yeah. Instead of, you know, our creator and um, the inventor of love and goodness, you know, and instead, like, instead of um, when I think of leaven, I think of like the acting agent, you know, the, the like agitator, the um, motive, you know, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's sitting with his friends who he has chosen to be his followers and he warns them, watch out for the motivations of Herod and um, these, yeah, motives of use or of um, a utilitarian view of me and of my providence and of God. And then they're like, oh, they can totally misread it in you know, right. such a Are you saying way. this because we don't have any bread? It's, uh, yeah, it's cute. It's funny almost. I yeah. can like picture, picture the like the movie screen or the like YouTube video of this scene, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. They're like, do you think Jesus is going to get hangry? Like that he doesn't have right. lunch, you know? <laughs> it's just so funny. I think he did a really good job explaining that and connecting it to the verses right before, because like we said, literally before this, um, the Pharisees come toward him. And this is verse 11, chapter eight, and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And mm-hmm. so this is, you know, happening after that. And he's kind of saying, like, kind of almost like, oof, guys, like, don't be mm-hmm. like that. You know, like, don't yeah. like, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in it like that. And they're just like, they totally miss it. And it, actually, the verse, verse 12 is really beautiful to me. And I know this is not what you picked. But um, mm-hmm. after the Pharisees question him like that, it says he sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Like, he's just like yeah. so over it you know, and just like almost disheartened and like, yeah. <laughs> I know it's, it's so, it's like, you know, those, um, often I think GIFs will communicate things that a text message never can. And I just wish yeah. I had Jesus, uh, like a GIF of Jesus sighing <laughs> from the depths of his spirit. I think that that yeah. would be so applicable. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would love to receive some text messages with some GIFs from yes. Jesus. I think maybe that's a whole thing we can market like GIFs from Jesus. Ooh. Yeah. I just picture like, oh my goodness, like the just I can't I can't really read that without imagining Jesus rolling his eyes. I bet he yes. didn't do that. But. <laughs> no, I I can picture it now. Absolutely, there are definitely so many moments, especially in Mark's gospel, that I feel like Jesus definitely rolled his eyes, like that yeah. deep breath sigh for sure. And I think, and again, I'm trying to analyze and make connections, but um, 
because there are like this, the references to first Corinthians and also St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, uh, specifically to like that line about the leaven, mm-hmm. you know, Paul was Jewish. And so I think for, for Paul, Paul speaks a lot about like casting off the old, old ways, you know, mm-hmm. to make room for the new. And I think that's um, like the line I looked it up from first Corinthians is about clearing out old yeast and so I think that's like Paul's trying to say, like, you know, Jesus, not like obviously we build on the Jewish foundations. Like we don't we don't mm-hmm. want to disregard like our Jewish brothers and sisters like they are the foundation. Um, yeah. But Paul is kind of grappling with like we need to not cling to the old, but to make something new. And, and I think Jesus is kind of saying that here, too. Like, you know, don't act in this way and and I'm giving you something new like I'm yeah the the, the laws are great we want to keep the laws but I'm giving you even new laws and new commandments Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of what he's getting at here too yeah yeah because really like in in the um with Christ coming to earth he's introducing mercy into the world you know like Mm. he's for the he's contributing the amazing and like really inexchangeable um act of mercy by like laying down mm-hmm. his life. So um mm-hmm. he's saying there there was yeah this structure and these rules in this way um in Judaism that was set up and it does not allow for mercy. Um you mm. know at the end of the day like that comes with the savior. And so yeah not you know of course yeah we're judeo christians like uh, all mm-hmm. of these things you know like come from our roots in judaism and it's so important and it's so beautiful but it is important that he asserts especially in moments like this where he's saying like don't you remember the miracles i've performed for you i'm trying to mm-hmm. give you mercy um mm-hmm. and that's not something to be overlooked he speaks really powerfully about that so it's beautiful yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like, yeah, so maybe we can talk about that. Like, because he is referencing the feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the mm-hmm. 4,000, he's referencing those miracles. I feel like we do kind of have to address, like, what those miracles signify or mean. Um, yeah. So what do you make of that? Like, why do you think he is reminding him them of those miracles or what do they mean for us, for them? Yeah, so I always, from the time I was a little girl, I love the story about the loaves and the fish because it's yeah. so um, – easy to picture and it's so like fantastical you know to imagine um just like a a sunny grassy hillside full of thousands of people who are you know hungry and then Jesus encourages you know them to share what little food that they have and it ends up feeding everybody with Mm -hmm. abundant leftovers and it's again it's one of those things where it's like I'm sure that there are people who walked away from that miracle being like, great, I got a lunch out of the deal. Like, I got to see this preacher that everybody was talking about. Like, that was a good day or whatever. Um, and I bet there are people whose lives were deeply impacted um, and changed, and they became, you know, followers of Christ as a result of that miracle. Um, and I think that that's something that is so powerful to reflect on is that. Jesus's generosity was not actually contingent on whether or not they would take up the promise of eternal life that he was offering them through his message. Um, And, you know, like through the opportunity to follow him, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I, I love, I love kind of envisioning that gospel because it it is, it's a, it's a practice in the generosity of God um, and how he doesn't withhold 
the his generosity on contingencies of anything in response, you know. I think it's all very well said. You said so many beautiful things there. And I think that that does connect then back to this, obviously, because he is just like, man, why are you still caught up on like these logistics? Like I've, yeah. I've shown you that I'm beyond like, <laughs> and I am such like a literal logistic person sometimes, even though I love yeah, the analytical, too. I love this symbol, <laughs> but like, it's like when Mary in um, the Annunciation, she's just like, okay, just like practically, like she's like, I'm like, I'm on board, but like practically, how is this going to happen? Yeah. That's kind of like, I feel like, you know, me as well. And I don't know, that just what you were saying kind of made me think of that too. Yeah. Um, Cause God often calls people who are not um, equipped or qualified <laughs> to do right, the things right. he's calling them to do, you know? Um, and that was certainly the experience of the many of the apostles. Um, but also I, one of the quotes that I love from mother Angelica who started DWTN, one of the things mm-hmm. that she said, she just spoke in such plain terms. I appreciate her cantor so much. And one of the things she said was that God loves to call the dummies because we don't know that it can't be done. Um, Mm, And it kind mm -hmm. of like it rings notes of that, too, where it's like he calls people to big things, even if you don't totally understand what you're undertaking, you know, because we Mm -hmm. we can't we can't look into the future and totally understand or know everything, the implications of the life we choose. um, And it will be difficult. That's mm-hmm. a guarantee. He doesn't promise us, you know, an easy breezy life, but he asks us to trust him and he um, he will provide for us the grace um, to do the mission that he calls us to. And a failure in, in the eyes of humans, you know, like this failure that they're perceiving of being like, oh, he's probably mad that we didn't pack lunch um, <laughs> is really not what he's concerned about in the big picture, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a really good point, too. I think sometimes we get so caught up and maybe, oh, I said that I said the wrong thing or I did the wrong mm-hmm. thing. And that's not what the other person's perception is all. So really it is, uh, you know, I think a, a lesson in, you know, communication, but, uh, you know, and yes. he, he does, he, ex, you know, he kind of explains it in his own roundabout Jesus way. I feel for him. I feel like I've found myself in this position in my classroom many times where I've like, guys, I have explained this. Like I, and you know, there's still always that one, like, did you mean this? And I'm like, no, how many times have we talked about it? Luckily there's always like at least one or two kids. That's just like, Oh, she said that already, you know, but, um, but I feel for Jesus very much here. Like, but he still, as you were mentioning mercy, I feel like he does, even though he's like rolling his eyes and sighing his deep sighs and be like, man, do you still not understand? I still feel like he's doing it with mercy. Like he's trying Mm -hmm to like get them. But I don't know, Uh, Claire, as we kind of wrap up, like what, what takeaways do you want us to have? Is there anything else you wanted to kind of mention before we wrap up about this? Um, I guess like my, my main takeaway from um, reflecting on this verse for the past couple of weeks, preparing for this episode have been just to like deepen my trust and my resolve to trust Jesus with everything. Um, everything, every, every single thing, all the time, everything. Um, and even though that is like one of the simplest messages of the Christian life and of this walk with Jesus, like it is the thing that he, I I think he'll probably never stop calling each of us deeper. He just wants more, he just wants more, a more complete Mm -hmm. gift of self from us um, mm-hmm. and so that he can more completely heal and empower us, um, fill us with his life and heal and redeem us. So, yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's like the main thing is as simple and kind of like, 
I don't know. You've heard it a thousand times, but yeah. <laughs> I know, but there, I mean, this verse is a lot, but I think it does come back to like that simple like trust and mm-hmm. um, and remember. And um, I've been thinking a lot about like Ignatius and consolation and desolation. And he always has this thing about mm-hmm. like when you're in moments of desolation, you need to rem- remember those moments of consolation. So I feel like Jesus is, you know, he's frustrated and he's trying to explain things to them, but also he's just like, remember, like I did those miracles. Like I did that and I did that for yeah. you and I did that out of mercy. Um, so we can apply this to our own lives by like looking at those moments where he was merciful, you know, so we're questioning like why or why don't I have that, you know, like we can just be like remembering the times he was merciful for us before I'm provided. And I think that's like what all of salvation history is, right? It's just like this continued promise that's like being fulfilled yes. and carried out forever and ever. And like, we still don't get it. We still, it's like, do you still not understand? We don't. Yeah. Right? <laughs> We're dummies. I know. He's like, oh man, you you really, he goes into such a detail in this one, but he does it so many other times too. You have eyes yeah. and you don't see, ears and not hear. You don't remember. Right. <laughs> Right, right. And still today, we still don't get the message. Oh, man. So this is a this is a great verse for us to remember when we're feeling like that, for sure. Um, Claire, as I as I wrap up, I I always give people a chance to promote anything. We've talked a little bit about your podcast, but um, where can we find Mm -hmm. it? What else would you like to share with us? Oh, yeah. So um, my podcast is um, on Apple and Spotify and, you know, all the spots you can find podcasts at. (laughs) Um, And my website is deadfriendsaints.com. And yeah, go check it out. I have um, episodes with guests and also some solo episodes. Um, I'm currently right now because I'm a student posting every other week, but I hope that after I kind of get through my midterms here, I can start posting every mm-hmm. week again. So yeah, but there's there's quite the backlog. So if anybody's interested on in going to listen to any of those episodes, you can find it at deadfriendsaints.com. Awesome. I totally connect and agree agree with that. Like I am a teacher, so I'm on the other end of things, but like I usually record a bunch of episodes typically over like my break. So like today's President's Day and like I had, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I had school <laughs> yeah. off or like over Christmas break or summer, I'll just like build up all these episodes because, you know, during the week it's harder for me to to talk mm-hmm. to people. But um, if you all would like to listen to more episodes, you can find me on Instagram at seven mile chats, all spelled out. You can also find me on Twitter at Miss Struckley one M S S T R U K E L Y one. And I post about my classroom and things that I'm doing in classroom. Also right now it's just a bunch of wordle and I apologize for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm very, in, very into the word wordle. So I feel like my Twitter's just turned into a wordle account, but <laughs> y'all can find me there. And uh, Claire, thank you so much for picking this passage and for being here. Yeah, thank you, Julia, so much for having me. It was such a joy. I agree. Bye, everyone.